This is the Piss Goff Podcast with your host, Yusuf Goff. All right, guys. I hope you like that new intro that was uh, brought to you by my sister. We're going to keep her on name. She wanted to be named. We're going to bring that on later on. But yet, shout out to her. We're bringing in all the Goffs. And again, I'm joined by the great, the powerful, the one and only, my father, Lou Goff. How's it going, Baba? Hello, Yusuf. Good afternoon. Happy birthday, by the way. 31 years ago, you came into this world. Thank you, thank you. Um, how's it feel to be 31? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it it feels good. Um, you know, they're saying 30 is the new 20. And uh, and then also you think about, like, you know, there, there's a lot of, I could be blessed about, you know. You know, considering... If I was in Iraq and I was born today, I, I'd be constantly bombed by America for every year <laughs> this entire time for all five presidents, you know, between Bush, Bush Sr., then you have uh, uh, Clinton, then Bush Jr., then who was after him? Obama, then Trump, and Biden just continuing the American tradition of bombing Iraqis for no reason other than uh, supremacy. <laughs> well, that's an unfortunate thing. Um, I know. I'm sorry. War, that was supposed war, to be a joke. <laughs> war is never good. But um, the ca- civilian casualties are also uh, never a good thing. Um, the weapons of mass destruction are not a good thing, but they don't exist there. So should it have gone on for 31 years? Um, I think that may be because there is another agenda there. I don't think it's because of uh, freeing the people. I don't think it was to get rid of the dictator because... More chaos came into that region since then. Um, it didn't help the situation of the people. Their infrastructure was destroyed. They're without um, medicine and water and and pro- uh, proper sewage. And their hospitals were destroyed and are still being destroyed. Um, so war is never good for the people where the war has taken place. Um as far as um, is war good for generating money? Yes. And, and I think that, I mean, that's what we were talking about. Not to interrupt you, but, but what it was, I mean, it's pretty much any business where if they have a budget and they don't use their entire budget, they're going to get a reduced budget the next year. Or if they want to increase, like how, I remember you wording it was, uh, was very good. Um, in regard to that, if you want to go ahead. And yeah, expand. sure. Um, I mean, with with any kind of government thing, um, there's a budget that's set. And in order for you to increase and ask for more for the new year's budget, you have to deplete the funds that you have in that year's budget. Um, if you don't deplete it, then they say you're not in need of more money. You're in need of less money. So instead of giving you an increase in the budget, they'll they'll cut your budget. So what they do is they get rid of the money any way they can. And a lot of times it's not in a beneficial way for whatever that program was designed for. It just happens to be that the people in that are in that that committee or that government office, um, they want to keep that office running and they want the budget to continue to increase. So they do stupid stuff and get rid of the money. So our budget is just out of control right now. And if you listen to all these politicians, they always talk about, we need to cut government spending. We need to cut government spending. Well, as long as you have that idea, that mindset, you'll never cut the government spending because the budgets will continue to increase. Now, we discussed one time how you said, there should be less government interference and and more on um, a civil, I guess, a c- civil civil control, uh, where the government's not in the in the picture. But the problem with that is the government has set it up so that these large corporations have become monopolies, and they were outlawed at one time. But their companies are monopolies. And they they don't allow the mom and pop companies to compete with them. Um, they don't get the tax write-offs. They don't get the grants. And so, you know, when you buy in bulk, you buy cheaper so you can sell cheaper. 
But let, let's look at somebody like Monsanto, a company like Monsanto. Um, Monsanto is, is killing all the small-time farmers. Right. Yeah, I mean, and they can do it because, like you said, like if I was to open up my own little sporting goods store uh, and I were to buy this $100 bike and then resell it for $150, Walmart's buying that for less than probably $50 each, if that, and selling it for the same 150 But then they see I'm selling it for 150 so they sell it for 145 because they can still make a, a lot more profit. They can sell it for 100 and still make a profit. Exactly. What I buy at. So you, you can't even compete with them. So how do you level the playing field? You get rid of all these tax breaks that the big corporations get so that everybody pays the same tax rate. Right. Um, I think we discussed this once before. You know, when you got somebody like Bezos who pays less tax than his employee pays. Right. Okay. Um, not, not, I'm sure he doesn't pay the same $3,000 a year tax as his employee pays. He, he's paying oh, a smaller percentage. Do you know of that it, but he, he did a claim for like $3,000 that you could get for having a child during the, the coronavirus pandemic thing? He also claimed that. Like, that's how petty he is. He doesn't need it. He already pays. I think it was, I have to look at the screenshot again, but it, it was less than 3%. Because I think Elon Musk paid the most, and he was at 3.75%. So he's paying such a low percentage in his taxes, and he's even looking for, and I get it. These loopholes are available. Are Would you not take? I would take advantage of them if I had the resources. But we don't. Well, th- that's why the billionaires stay billionaires, and the poor people pay the cost of everybody else. Um, you know, I have a friend of mine who, who was in the tax return business. And I asked him, I said, so how, how is the situation right now? Are the people happy with the tax cuts that, that came through through the Trump administration? He said no, because now the middle class and the lower class are paying more in taxes than they were the previous year. So where they were getting refunds, now they have to pay. Exactly. So that big tax cut that came to the top 1%, that was huge tax break for the very rich, but it didn't trickle down to the people. Uh, the idea that nope. um, let's let's give the tax break to the rich people and they're going to hire more people. Well, when you have bean counters, actuaries that work for companies and they try to figure out. Uh, let's take an example: um, a motor a motor vehicle company, okay, any car company. They know that there's a problem with the brakes, say, on that car. And they know that there's a certain amount of deaths that are going to occur from that that failure, that brake failure. They have somebody who's going to figure out, is it cheaper to change that part or pay out the lawsuits from that part? Oh, yeah. They do that with the pharmaceutical industries as well. Well, they do that with every major corporation. Oh, does yeah. That. Okay, so, but it makes a lot so of sense. So when you start to figure out, they don't really what, care. Is the, what is the price of a human life? Okay. Well... I think that was what we were talking about uh, around dinner time. Um, and again, thank you for the, the beautiful birthday dinner. But it was it was about like when I even brought up the the thirty years of bombing them. Why? Because a bomb costs a, a bomb is more important than a life to them because it's a sale. Not only do they sell that bomb, but now they go ahead and create an enemy potentially by who it hurts. You now create. More like when they were bringing in, uh, when uh, Chinese people were coming in to re- rebuild after they just blew up the whole rigging nation, and, and then do it. What about all the wealth that was taken out of the nation? Oh yeah, they don't even want to they talk about that when they raided his of gold rooms of hundred dollar bills. They had all the an- antiquities that were taken out. Um, the history Iraq was is one of the older civilizations. I think Baghdad is considered one of the oldest civilizations. Yeah, so it was. All, uh, what was it that called stuff before? That they had Babylon. Wasn't that the Babylon area? Yeah, I think so. Um, what, what happened with all that stuff? Where did it go? You know, it's the same as we discussed this with the World Trade Center when the World Trade Center went down and oh, and, yeah. and the gold that was stored in the banks there. God. Okay, when you heat up gold, it melts into gold. Yeah. It doesn't vaporize into nothingness. Correct. So where did the gold go? 
well, it might have been transferred out right before. Like you, you saw, I think they did that in. Uh, it was a Die Hard, wasn't that like one of the plots of Die Hard? Kind of mm, like that. Maybe I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly, but I remember there was a movie where they were like, going to blow up a building, and right before they do that, yeah, they took the gold out, so it looked like it all was lost in the rubble. But you're right. Well, it's not going to get lost. It could get mixed in with the rubble, but it's gold. You're going to know what it is. Look, alchemists have been working on changing things into gold, and and they haven't been able to do it for 20 centuries. So, yeah, okay. what are they going to do now? So, so now what are we saying? That we can make gold d- disappear into nothingness by heating it? Well, I mean, you don't want to go there. You're crazy Yusef alert. Well, when you go with, uh, the, you've heard the story of the Anunnaki. Um, I forgot which Charles Sagan might have been it, or maybe some other author. The Anunnaki apparently are these alien race that came. There's another planet, I believe, outside of the ninth planet, the tenth planet. And it's on an elliptical orbit, and it comes in over here. And they're an advanced civilization. And they came to this planet to give us knowledge in order so that we can manufacture gold and mine gold. And that's when, apparently, gold became valuable. And the reason that we do this is we mine gold for these aliens because they need it for their atmosphere. They, like, particleize it and put it in their atmosphere, apparently. I don't know that, but, I mean, look, all, why all, do we value gold? All those things are... Are nice theories. Obviously. I mean, are there is there proof about Anunnaki? Anunnaki, yeah, no, I, I just I think it's a neat and story. And so and so the idea of if you have never met an Anunnaki and talk to them, how do you know that that's needed in their atmosphere? Right, and that they came and they helped uh, us learn how to mine it. I mean, this is these are all theory stuff, and that's all fine, but. There's so much factual stuff that we can talk about that we don't need to get into all these ideas that conspiracy theory well, stuff. Just so you know, like the first, like uh, the, this first forty something episodes are more just me just going on like, well, I heard this. Isn't this fucking crazy? We gotta look into it. Just look into it, guys. Like I'm not saying it's true. I'm not even saying I believe it. But isn't that a neat story? Look into it. And look. it's like, yeah, look. Apparently, they come every uh, 30,000 years. So this, they they taught us this a long, long time ago so we can manufacture. Well, that's why we're mining all this gold, and then apparently it's going to all get taken to use yeah, for them. You don't even need to go. But yeah, it's, if you, you're If right. you're talking about going to another planet and the 10th planet, okay? Our moon only faces us. Yeah, that's very okay? strange. So it orbits around us, so we never see what we call the dark side of the moon. Yeah. It's not dark because the sun is still shining on it, but we know it as the dark side because we can't see that side. Right. We don't know if there's civilizations on the other side of our moon. Oh, you've been listening to some of the theories I like. Okay. <laughs> so so forget about going as far as the, the ninth or 10th or 11th planet. Well, this is in our, it's in our area where... This is circling our Earth, two hundred and seven was it two hundred seventy two thousand miles or something like that. Yeah, it's it's very strange too. It's I think it was like a sixth of the or what it does, or a fifth of the size of the Earth, but it does have so much. It it is strange that it always only aims in our direction. We only see that. It's it's it is very strange. And yeah, there are theories that there are, you know uh, bases on there that we have. Uh, apparently, there's a Nazi base on the moon. Uh, you know, and these are all just obviously just where's the proof, though? Did we even go there? That's another thing. Like, we don't even know if we went there, really. But I, I would like to to believe we did just. But then it's like, oh, well, they lost all the telemetry. That's the thing. That's why conspiracy theories have some value. It's same 9-11 or, or the moon landing. If that is true, then why, what? how do you explain this, this and this? And that's what makes you think. So with the moon, if we went to the moon, how did that ship? survive all the radiation it was so thin number one number two how did we lose all of that data where apparently all the telemetry data they rewrote over it for whatever reason and then we can't recreate it all the scientists lost like how they did that so we can't do it again that sounds very convenient if you didn't do it actually right yeah um well i mean the things that they can do with uh with the movie industry and Making you think that you landed on the moon or landed on other planets. Uh, what's the one with Ben Affleck and? Uh, I think he goes to Mars or where, something. Where right? he lands on a meteorite and they're drilling into a oh, meteorite. Yeah. 
the uh, I mean that looked Armageddon real, or whatever. Yeah, right? that looked real as hell, right? Yeah. So what's to say that they didn't do that with the moon landing, and you know, in black and white, and with the static on the screens? I remember when that was happening because I was a kid, and that was yeah. the only thing on TV. So you didn't get that clear um, HD picture that you have nowadays. That was real staticky. So. Could it have been a hoax? Yeah, it could have been well, a hoax. Well, that's the other thing. Apparently, they made a phone call on the, from the moon down, right? And, and like, the, he spoke to the president, Crystal Clear. But we don't, we, you can't even make a phone call in, in an airplane. What do you mean you called the moon? Didn't they talk to the astronauts on the moon? Well, I mean, they, they have communications, I guess. I'm um, assuming that they're um, not lying about that. Well, radio, but now, radio waves are supposed to be able to, to, to move along air, right? If you want, by the way, get yourself comfortable, and then I'll just adjust the volume, so you, whatever's comfortable for uh, you. Radio waves are supposed to, the air waves are supposed to move through air. Right. Right? But when you get out in the space, it's supposed to be a vacuum, right? Not, not right. So what air waves are going through space? Well, I mean, I know things can travel through there. I don't know what they are, because like we send the, the radio signals. Right? Isn't that like one of well, the I mean, first that's broadcasts the idea. apparently that went out into space was Hitler's like address at the Olympics or something like okay, that? Okay, so so they can send the waves through space. Yeah. And back. So I'm assuming right. But so I if don't they know. did that, that's how they communicated. Okay. So now I'll go with the why they had because people always see this is my thing. Why would you do that? Why do you have to fake the moon landing? Well, it was a space race, right? Oh. So that's that makes a lot of sense. If this is pre Cold War. This right, or maybe this is around what, the time of the Cold I don't, War. I, I, it's not pre-Cold War. It's it during, during the, Cold the Cold War. War. So besides yeah. advanced weapons, they the, wanted to we're be talking first 19, in space. Nineteen sixty-nine. Okay, um, the battle between the United States and Russia, Cuba. That was in the sixties with Fidel. Yeah. So this is ten years into a Cold War situation, maybe even longer. I'm not sure when the Cold oh, War started. Oh, now that makes a lot of sense. But, but the competition between the communists, uh, uh, Soviet communists, and the capitalist Americans, as they would say, um, that was going on for now sixty, seventy years. You know, it's it's wild that. That that's where it came down to is both sides wanted to say, like, I'm the big dog. I'm the bigger dog. I'm the tougher one. I'm the stronger one. So and then I remember in a book I read that was a big, big deal is when they when uh, first it was Russia launched the first satellite Sputnik in space. They would order orbit and it would take pictures of the Earth. They could do that. So. While they were working on Area 51, they had to be cognizant of when Sputnik was above to make sure they hit anything that they were working on, like when they were working on the different spy planes. Right. Um, but that was something important, was they got there first. Okay, well, we can recreate that, but now how do we outdo them? Well, let's pretend. If we can't really, there's two options. Either Russia says, yeah, we'll follow Americans' fake way to get to the moon too and admit it, or we or we have to call out U.S. and say that they can't do it, but we can't do it either. And we know that because we tried and we can't do it. So there's no way they did it, if that makes sense. It's it's well. All I mean, there there, there was a race, but the, their their technology was a little bit different than ours. They would do reentry landings on the ground. We would drop our that right our our capsule inside the water. Um, as far as reentry goes. But I remember seeing that, and it was always the Russian ones. Now that I'm thinking about it, the one, the one, the ones that would land like an airplane again afterwards, right? I, I don't know if it was. I don't know what the exact detail of how they landed, but I know that they were always landing on the ground, whether it was helicopter, uh, not helicopter, um, parachutes dropping it on the ground. But our parachutes would always drop the capsule into the water, and they would go out with the. With the Navy ships and retrieve. Yeah. Um, look, there was a race going on. Then they got into the nuclear race to keep each other at bay. Now, uh, at the time of Gorbachev and Ronald Reagan, they, they, they got rid of that race. And But I think what's going to happen now is China is starting to build its nuclear 
Mm-hmm. And China is going to start to be now the third power. Uh, it's not going to be two two powerful countries. It's going to be three powerful countries now. Right. So it's going to change. You know who sides with China, who sides with Russia, who sides with America. Is it going to be two on one? Well, that's the other thing, right? One against the other. Okay, so now it's going to change the game a bit. I mean, if you think about it, if Russia and China together teamed up against America and the rest of the world, that would be a World War Three. That'd be enough, and not every nation, obviously. But let's just say, you know, you get a little Australia, a little UK, like they all did with the coalition into Iraq. Well, let's say that all of the the NATO countries were siding with America, and the two communist countries, the Soviets and China, are together. Yeah, and probably Korea. Where's that put us? Yeah, I mean, it's, we'll have allies, but it's like it's it's it would be it would be a that's, rough war. That's a world. Annihilation. Well, that's because who's going to say at what point, I mean, unless they, they think logically, what's going to stop them from using the nuclear option? They have tactical nukes where they're not, they don't have to do as much devastation where they had, like they had to do in Japan. They can do something where they hit strategic targets and only get rid of that. But that being said, it's also like, yeah, you don't, I don't know if you know this, but America has, I don't remember how many mega carriers, these super carriers um, but you know what I'm saying? Like the ones that holds airplanes and all that. There's only a certain amount that we have. They're very, very, very expensive to make. And China is making them very, very fast right now. Almost like they're preparing for a war. Now, when would you need a, need a mega carrier? You know, China's always China's policy was always, we don't fight anything outside of China, outside our wall, Okay. So to start to build these carriers, what is the idea behind that? Is that now going to change the way they think? Are they going to now expand outward from China? Well, that's absolutely possible. I mean, look, they took over Taiwan. They don't want you to even call it Taiwan. They consider it part of China. They wanted to take Tibet. You know what I mean? All right. Taiwan... Taiwan is like uh, near is like maybe Washington, D.C. Okay, Washington, D.C. is not... Part is not a state, right? But it's in the it's in the Virginia area and part of the um, continental U.S. Well, Taiwan is in the continental China, but it was under British rule, and there was uh, I think a lease for a hundred years or so. Right. So as far as China goes, the lease is up and it's part of China. And I think that was also with Hong Kong. Might have been that. Might have been Hong Kong. But but something similar, though, is that what they do there? It's like, yeah, they're now just saying, though, we want this for control now. So I think what you're saying and the point of it all is I think they're building that up because they want to expand. They said we'll only keep everything within China. Same thing with Germany. But then they just took over more places to expand Germany in World War II. China can use that same justification. Well, I mean, it's happening right now. I mean, uh, Israel's expanding. Oh yeah, and uh, there's supposed to be no—I I forgot when when it started, but um, under the UN, they said that you can't attack another country and take its land. Like there's no expansion through war, but it's what's happening. It happened. It's happening in in the Middle East right now. It was happening in the. Through the Ukraine and the Soviets too, wasn't it? Isn't that the Soviet-Ukraine problem? Well, yeah, it's exactly, yeah. Um, Ukraine got its independence, and I think Russia's trying to back, revert, revert the, it back. Like back up certain people who are want it to go back to Russia instead of being independent Ukraine. Right. They want they want it to be under Soviet control because, see, if it becomes part of the NATO, then you can set up missiles facing Russia from Ukraine. Yeah, and that, I mean, obviously, as so Russia, they're not going to give that up. That. No, absolutely. And look, to be completely fair, that's not smart for Russia to allow that. Why would they allow missiles so close to their nation? Would we allow that? Would we allow Mexico 
uh, obviously the Mexico not, but let's say China says, hey, Mexico, do you mind if we put our missiles over there in case we want to attack the United States? you think we're going to allow that? We didn't allow it in Cuba. Trey, I was going to just say that. I go, Cuba's 90 miles away, but we didn't like it when that happened in Cuba. And that almost ended the whole world. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't remember the exact detail, but it was, I think somebody disobeyed an order uh, something about the blockade and somebody disobeyed an order to like shoot at them or not shoot at them or something and it could have started the next world war i think it was uh the president kennedy uh, that was the bay of pigs you're talking about might have not have been that where but where that was the, the military was supposed to go in and take them out and then they were ordered to stand down so that uh, it didn't escalate to a world war, and the the soldiers that were there got slaughtered. I think, man, I know. You know what? I don't remember exactly because it might you know, have been that, something that's, else. Then. This is going back way, way back in history, and uh, as far as me when I was a kid, uh, I don't remember the exact details. But I think that's pretty much what was going. on. But no, on that then. was correct. But that's not the thing I was thinking of. That's another screwed up thing that happened. Yeah, is the Bay of Pigs was a, a fake? Was supposed to be like the guerrillas. Uh, we paid uh, Cubans to go fake attack and then we were going to have our own military in with the Cubans to make it look like they're all Cubans so they can disarm them, I guess, is what you're saying, right? I'm not sure how, how the American military was involved in that, but I thought it was our military that was going in and it to, esca- to stop the escalation of a world war because the Soviets were back in uh, Cuba um, President Kennedy, he stopped that from happening, and they didn't get the backup, and they got slaughtered. I have to check on that and see. I don't, I don't remember. I don't recall the exact details of that. Well, that's fine, but I mean, like, it's still like, well, you know, we can if you want to. That that could lead into the border control stuff we were talking about because oh, it's very similar yeah. to that. Well, like, the, it's all about controlling the border to keep it safe. Hey, uh, what, hey, Lena. We're doing a podcast here. This is my little sister over there. She's a she's a loud stomper. We got to be quiet though, right, little lady? All right, cool. So yeah, border control. You know, we we're talking about that, and uh, we start to say, you know, I, I had a friend of mine who uh, had a business, and once he retired, he became a little bit more opinionated on Facebook, and he was talking about Biden and Harris and how. 400,000 or 800,000 people crossed the border at the time of Trump, and now it's 2 million people that crossed the border. A lot more, yeah. Um, And that all these people are coming over, and they're criminals, and it's escalating the, the risk of American lives. But let's think about how to fix it. The wall didn't work with Trump, okay? Um, you, in order to stop people from coming into the country in droves like that without going through the proper channels, you have to figure out what causes them to be so desperate that they would drop off their kids at the border, okay, and take a chance, a 50-50 chance that my kid will survive once they get across the other side. Versus staying with me in a country that is in such um, economic decline. Maybe it's it's just uh, not not just economic decline, but the the crime rates crime, are so poverty, high. anything like that. That yeah. they feel that the kids have even less than a fifty percent chance of surviving. So, what is the proper thing to do? Well, how do you fix that problem? And if you think about it, it's like if you have a bad back. You could take painkillers. That's pretty much putting up the wall. But you're still going to have the bad back, which is the people still going to keep coming, though. They're still The pain is still going to be there if you don't figure out what's the cause of the pain. And in this case, what is the actual cause of pain in their homelands that are making them make this journey is... is right. And, and then we, just, uh, we started talking about uh, aid, outside aid. And Trump talked about why do we have to, to give all these countries money. And I don't think that we should give any country money. Uh, in the form of money. I think if we want to aid a country, then it's like that old saying, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man how to fish, feed him for a lifetime. I think if we were to put in educators, 
engineers, doctors, agriculturists uh, into these countries and change the way they are living and their standard of living, then I think that if you want to send aid in the form of uh, construction equipment uh, to build infrastructure, to hospitals, schools, uh, send farming equipment so they can start farming without using a hoe, but using a tractor um, so that they can have food to eat, so that they have hospitals and they have medicine that they can um, take care of their sick people. Um, schools to educate their population so that they can be more productive people in society uh, instead of being in such poverty levels that they resort to uh, selling uh, heroin or cocaine or drugs or even their young people like uh, the the trafficking. The human trafficking is very big. Okay. Um, you know, you the, they were saying that people in Honduras and Guatemala and Nicaragua, all those are the people that are crossing the border in Mexico. So what is the situation in those countries? What, what is it that's leading them to say that it's so bad here that we'll risk sending our children across another country, Mexico, which is really not that safe either, Okay. Um, but yeah, that to, whole to the United States, where they can die, or they get um, the what do they call the traffickers? Uh, take a take a payment and make people work for them, and uh, almost like yeah, servitude. Make 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 them you know servitude. Slave or okay? very much yeah. until they pay off that debt. Okay. Unfortunately, yeah, they do that. So. so a lot in other what nations. is what is it's in their mind that's thinking that that would be better than leaving them in the country that they were born in with their family? Well, how desperate can they have? The, do they have to be? And you know what's what's so to because you did say uh, uh, there's a lot of things that I did hear and I did want to say like with in regards to your one friend who retired, he started speaking more. Uh, devil's advocate here being, you know, middleman. Um, yeah, he's not entirely wrong, though. There was less people coming in during the Trump time because he was pretty much saying, no, we're not going to allow you. And if we catch you, we're going to send you back. So it's almost like, yeah, you have less than a 50 50. Ch- you have a 50 50 chance of making it. And then once you're in, if they catch you, you probably have another high chance of getting put back. We're the the sentiment. And a lot of them even said that the immigrants were like, but now that Biden is president, they're going to allow us in. And then it took over 100 days in office for Kamala to go out to Honduras or Guatemala or wherever. And she's like, uh, don't come to America if you're trying to come here illegally. Don't do it. We're going to turn you back. So it's like now I see what you're like, what you're saying. OK, you know what, then Kamala Harris, Biden, uh, you want to do this something good? Do what you're saying. Send aid that's going to help them if they need if they're coming to america for a better life what is it that they're coming for is it because of safety are, are they in fear of gangs well maybe we need to send some kind of military there to train their police to be better at fighting this right there's there's a lot of things that we can do and that would I be mean, a better use of our military you know, we we send this money to these countries right we send it to the leaders of the countries they either give it to their people which most of them do not okay and they keep it for themselves exactly. and so the people are not getting the aid that we're sending financially. But let's say we did something like this. We made education free for American Americans, just like we do with the military, where if you want to go to medical school or law school or become an engineer, um, the military will pay for your education, but you have to serve the military, right? Right. So what's, let's say that we did the same thing. We said, okay, you want to go to medical school. We'll pay for your medical school. And we okay. could do that with multiple types but, of schools. But now we want you to serve in Honduras or Nicaragua or, or Venezuela or whatever country that, that we feel um, is in need of this. Okay, We can do the same thing with the engineers. We can do the same thing with the, the students that are in agriculture. And, you know, and I mean, and it's unlimited to what you can do. You can do, you know, we can send economists there. We can send 
industrialists there exactly. so that they can start manufacturing whatever their natural resources are and start exporting their natural resource and generating okay, income see, that's other I, than uh, poppy seed. I see the problem um, there, though. So Coca devil, leaf. Devil's advocate here. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to cut you off. This is the problem, though. We need to export and exploit those resources. We can't ha allow them to make money on it. Which is, I'm not saying that because that's what I believe. That's what they do. Look, you you can teach them how to do it. But and I charge, think what you're saying is smart. Charge a service for doing it. Look, we what, don't even we, need to. We do, we do that already. We do that with uh, American oil refineries in the Middle East. Okay, the refinery companies are American companies. What what's the thing that draws us there that we have such a big interest in? in the Middle East is that we have refinery companies that we have to protect. That is the American interest mm. because it's American business. Okay. Sort of. Yeah. They dig and they drill the wells and they pull the oil out of the ground. But all that oil is refined, refined by Aramco or some other American company that's there. Okay. And, and so we have an interest, so we can do the same thing in other countries. Like Venezuela, I think they voted for their president, and then he decided that he's not going to sell the oil to the United States. So we got a kind of got him out of here, right. put the guy that was there back in because we had to deal with him. But I mean, look, and what you're saying though. That's the smarter move to make the world a better place. That's right. obviously not their goal. Their goal is to make themselves richer. And I understand that. You want to be greedy? That's fine. But step aside for the people who want to make the world better. What you're saying, though, we now fix a country. They're able to do things on their own. They get better. And now that that's a good country, we can trade with them and make better trade deals. Because now they have something to trade with us that we would like. Right. So it's not necessarily we still have to exploit them, but we can still get a nice payback from it. And then also now that this country is good and self-sufficient, we can go help other nations. And eventually the first nations that we help are going to be strong enough in 50 to 100 years to start helping other poor nations to where there are none. Right. Let, let's look at the law of supply and demand. If you have a supply of different things from different countries, then uh, fair competition is out there. And you can work better deals. So as an American consumer, you would be able to buy things probably cheaper. And that country is not going to lose because they're going to manufacture. Look look what we have right now with our um, our garment dish industry. Now if you look at every every piece of clothing that comes is coming in from... Uh, Bangladesh or India—they're all from or, outside of America. Yeah, it's not—it's not being manufactured here because the labor laws are are so one-sided that you know we, we can't. We have uh, unions and fifteen-minute breaks every hour and, and that's, minimum wage. And where that's these good. countries—they're—they're they're working where they're getting paid three dollars a day. But that's the other thing. How do you and compete? And twelve days, twelve hours a day. Um, how do you compete? Well, I mean, if you're allowing them to do things, it's not, they're not going to just, we talked about industrializing the country, right? So right. it doesn't mean that it's just garment. Maybe, maybe they have their raw material in their country is iron ore. Okay. They can mine the ore and then you can make the steel. And so now you can, you can compete with buying steel from, that country versus India. Well, then multiple places will have it, right? Right. So, so you have so the diversity. More, the more diverse your buying uh, field is, the better the chance that you're going to get a better deal, right? So, but that's a world economy that's going to benefit. It's not just a U.S. economy that's going to benefit. Now, you know, a lot of times you hear people say. Uh, People hate us because we're American and we have everything. Well, we are a country that is a big consumer of a lot of stuff. Where, Wasteful consumer. Where a lot of these countries, they don't have it. You know, you hear about Americans that travel abroad and when they start talking and uh, they say, what do you mean you don't have it? And because we take it for granted here that everything is available in the United States where it's not available in other countries. 
But now if you made it available in other countries, then would those people want to leave their country? Would they leave their culture? Would they leave their nationality? Would they leave their family? If they can find everything there that they can find here. No, they definitely wouldn't. Because why would you? I mean, look, if uh, uh, this is a stupid, but when you watch 90 Day Fiance, like I used to just to pass some time while I'm working, a lot of the times when it fails, it's the people are, even if they think America is so great, they miss their own country. So if you're leaving your country, not even for America, just leaving it because of fear of something, obviously, you'd probably be happy anywhere you go, not that country. You have a goal, you know, but like, like uh, I mean, like if I was escaping, I don't know the exact thing, Guatemala, but then you go to Mexico and it's just as bad, which I hear some places it pretty much is, then yeah, it makes sense to continue until you get to America where it's safe. But then yeah. what I think is weird is, and I don't understand, is like if you're here illegally, you can't really get, like I think now you can get a license, but you couldn't get a driver's license, so it's like you'd always be in constant fear when you drive. I feel like you can't really even apply for jobs legally. So it's like you're because you're not doing things the correct ways, unless you even go through more back channels of doing things incorrectly to get like paperwork. You're always going to be like almost looking over your shoulder. Look, I, I don't agree with with people coming into the country uh, without going through the proper channels, because I think that it causes other problems. Especially for them. For, for instance, now you got into the country, but you have no paperwork, okay? No social security. You can't get a job job, okay? So you're going to get exploited by somebody who knows that you don't have that. And if you don't work or you're working your ass off and getting paid nothing, then is it easier for you to sell drugs or steal than it is to work in McDonald's or Burger King or Kmart or Walmart or whatever, right? If you could even get in those jobs. Well, well you, you, you're not going to be able to get into those jobs if you don't have a Social Security card. Yeah. Okay? So, so now, what jobs are they, are they doing? Okay? Mostly, they're doing physical labor jobs, and they're doing it off the books. Okay? And these are jobs that most Americans are not going to do. Right. Okay. You know, when you hear this, they say, oh, they took our jobs away. Well, they're not taking jobs away where if you have a Social Security card and you're and you're getting paid on the books and the taxes are being taken out, your SSI is being taken out, your exactly. unemployment is being taken out. Okay. They're, they don't have that. So what kind of jobs are they doing they're not. They're not your engineers, or you're not your doctors, they're not your lawyers, they're not your business people. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're the physical laborer jobs that most Americans don't want to do. And and I understand that. Like, you know, the, the but the the problem is the exploitation because even at those jobs that they don't that we don't want to do, they're still getting exploited. And the worst is, at the end of the day. You can say, no, I don't want to pay you. And what can they do about it? Absolutely nothing. They can't report it to the authorities. You're there illegally. Right. Um, look at... It's just, I don't... I'm not saying this like, I don't want people to come here illegally because, oh, go fuck themselves. It's more like, hey, you're going to screw yourself over in the long term if you don't do this right. So how desperate is your situation? If your situation is not absolutely desperate... That's look, not the right look, channel. Some, some of them are going to get their jobs. They're going to work. They're going to work hard. They're going to get paid. Uh, the people will pay them because they're doing 110% and they're getting paid 80%. Right. Okay. Um, so the employer is making out because he's getting a laborer who's who's doing more than what he expected and he's paying less than what he, what he should pay. Right. Okay. Versus paying 100% um, for the cook that does... Is, is that going to be for 100% of the people that come across the border? No, absolutely not. Okay. Let, look, I don't know what it is in California and, and Texas as far as the labor, the labor situation, but we're here in the Northeast. And if you look at just landscaping companies, a majority of the people doing the landscaping work, if they're not the, not the bosses, but the laborers, they're not. American kids. There are some, but they're very rare. 
Yeah, they're okay. like there's one or two in there, maybe one or two regular yeah. old white guys, and then the rest of them and are. Then that's the boss or the foreman, and then the rest are laborers. Yeah. So, Day laborers is the nice term. And 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 I seen that with pool companies, people that install the oh, pools. Yeah. I seen it. Um, you know, any any job that causes or needs hard working laborers, people, that's where they are. And you know what? Like, they work that hard already, right? Yeah. And they're already in their nation. And now we teach them. We come and we teach them agriculture and we teach them um, how, how to build the infrastructure. And now they have good health care there. They have good education that they can do because they have schools. They have good roads. Uh, they have jobs. They have food. Now these hard workers can make the nation's great and right. to like like our original point of aid and that's the better way to aid these people right now you're teaching them how to fish instead of just giving them a fish exactly right and you know and it makes a safe world for americans to travel abroad and you can see different cultures instead of just going to disney and visiting morocco and france and what are the other countries in spain italy in the in where in Disney Disney World oh in Epcot oh I don't even Epcot. remember is it Epcot you're yeah. talking about Epcot it's part of Disney though yeah so so I mean you can actually go to these countries and see what their culture is see their native dance and see their native dress and see their native um you know everything about their culture and see how diverse the world is see the beauty of uh, Machu Picchu in Peru see the different color mountains in China. See, uh, see the Uyghurs in slave camps over in China. <laughs> no, you know there, there's there's mountains oh that God. are like rainbows. That was a bad joke, but you know yeah. about the Uyghurs over there, huh? Yeah. What do you hear? Anything? Like you guys, uh, any of the news in your that you come across at all? Because for me, I I hear it's re-education camps, which is basically the nice way of saying let's teach you how to not be Muslim anymore. Camps. Well, I think I think communism has always been anti-God. Oh yeah, it's go into that. Okay, um, they never really wanted God at all in the picture. Okay, um, I remember years ago my uncle came from Russia and he was saying that in school they used to teach them. The teacher would ask the kid, um, you believe in God? And the kid would say, yeah. And he said, okay, um, ask God for an apple. And the kid would say, oh, God, give me an apple. And the apple didn't appear on his desk. Then he would say, okay, ask me for an apple. And he would ask the teacher for an apple. And he'd pull it out of his pocket. And he says, see, I can do for you. God can't do anything for you. Okay. So they try to eliminate God altogether. Well, when you eliminate God, what happens is you take away people's um, motivation to to be better and unite. It's like... Um, well, it can reduce morality. Well, well, I mean, when you have a common goal that's a good goal, it's a good driving force. And I'm not saying that people that are non... Uh, religious are not good people but on the whole you know when you look at the ten commandments and thou shall not kill thou shall not steal thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife and stuff like this these are general laws for people to live in a society together right okay and major most religions they teach that okay and and that's based on god right so is it does that mean that somebody who is an atheist is not a good person? We can't say that. But we okay? also can't say but, that not every religious person is a good person either because right. they do corrupt it. But 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 the thing is, communism takes away that because it takes away the will of the people to revolt. Right. Okay. They they don't have that center. They're instead of it being all united towards God, it's supposed to be all united towards the nation. Right. In a sense, right? Yeah. And so uh, communism is like that. What it is is they don't want you to believe in God. So whether you're a Taoist or a a Buddhist or atheist, 
but they don't want you to be Muslim. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I I think the reason is because you know China does want to have everybody as uniform as possible and all that, and in 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 this they eat a lot of pork over there in China and being the Uyghurs. Uh, apparently, I remember hearing about this before I even knew about the Uyghurs being in camps. When I was working at Yelp, one of the my coworkers was like, "Oh, you uh, you should get this Uyghur food." And I'm like, "What the heck is this?" He goes, "Oh, these like these Muslim people in China, and they make this like special food, and it's like all halal. You could eat it, Yusuf." And I was, I never ended up trying it because <laughs> the day he brought it into work, he got it all over his clothes. I was like, "This is messy food," but that's how I had to find out about it. And then it just went into the back of my head, and now it's being talked about, but nobody's listening. The world is not listening because we're too busy with Facebook and TikTok and um, American Idol and all this uh, sports, movies, entertainers, and we're not really feeling the suffering that's going on in this world um, by the people of the world. And and so because we don't we don't see that and we don't feel it and we don't appreciate it then these people that are in other countries that are, are being suppressed and oppressed, they see that there's no help coming from the United States. Okay, you, you say that you're the policeman of the world, but you're allowing all these atrocities to happen. So can you understand now why people hate Americans? I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's sad that we can be all over the place in the world and getting involved in so much, but then there's so much that we don't even touch that could actually benefit. Like, maybe we could send people and to say, hey, Uyghurs, are you guys safe there? Hey, Taiwan, are you guys good? Look, this I mean, is just the two with China, but okay, let's go into UK or Ukraine. Let's stay on China. We're, we're sending our ambassadors there to say, um, you guys are, are doing... Um, what is it, the human right violations, right? Right. And that you're you're killing these people, okay, and you're putting them in inhumane camps and stuff like that. And we think that's incorrect, right? Right. It's wrong. Last time we talked, we talked about Palestine being an open prison, right? And right. Under apartheid state, which the same thing is happening there, Okay. The Palestinian people are oppressed. They're not allowed to work. They have no infrastructure. Hospitals are being bombed. Uh, schools are being destroyed. Um, the, the places that they, they were able to test for COVID were destroyed. Okay? They have no clean running water. Okay? And then when the United Nations says we need to put the squeeze on Israel so that they would settle, the United States boycotted it. Or, or um, vetoed it, okay? So why are we going to allow it to happen in one place and then not allow it to happen in another place? And why would China then say, you know what? We give a shit about what America says because America stands up to what they say because it's not what's happening. Right. Okay? How, how could, how, you know, the, the Chinese president saying... You just vetoed the sanctions against Israel, and you want to come and tell us what to do here? Yeah. Or when like, they went we to Putin with Putin and, and, and Ukraine, right? Yeah. How, how do you go and say, we're going to sanction Russia when you vetoed what happens with Israel and Palestine? <sighs> It's just ridiculous. Like, like what we were talking about with that like Israel and Palestine thing, it 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 makes sense. Like, I could go into that whole thing about um, like financially, why motivationally, but like before I even go in, how can you be in, in Israel, be able to see the Palestinian side and all of the the poor conditions, and look over there and not want it to be better either visually just because you're just you don't care about the people but you just want it to not look so so bad or at least be like hey this is even if it's not our nation it's our neighbor nation let's make our neighbor if your neighbor had a green lawn or you have a green lawn and your neighbor has a yellow lawn don't you at least try to tell him hey can we at least try to help you fix your lawn so it doesn't look so bad that's that's idealistic it's not realistic look you can go 
you don't even have to go all that far. Without walls, without barbed wire and military presence and stuff, go into certain parts of, let's say, Patterson. Yeah, well, that's very similar, okay? yeah. You, you got one section of Patterson that you think is uh, Totowa. Yeah, it's really nice. Then you got the other section of Patterson you think it's Harlem. Right. Not that Harlem is bad. No, but I, I, you know, I get what you're saying. But like, it, it's just—it's a very different condition, completely. Okay. Now that's in the same. It's run by the same government, the same municipal government. Yeah, right? same mayor. It's the same mayor, but two parts of the town is different. Okay. It's crazy. Now, are the people in uh, Prospect Park or Hilden seeing what's happening in Patterson? I mean, I, uh, I guess I Are see. Are they telling not the mayor really. of Patterson, hey, the mayor, you should do something about it? No, probably not. Okay, so what makes you think that Yeah. the Jews that are in the good side are seeing what's happening in the bad side? Now, if they did see it, would they say something? I'm sure they would. Okay? Because I think people on a whole are good people. Right. Okay? Um... Nobody wants to see their neighbor suffer, okay? But now there's a thing with indoctrination, okay? Now, in order for the Zionists to push their their agenda, they're teaching the kids that there should be no Palestine, okay? That they never, the Palestinians never should have occupied that land, okay? That it should only be for Israel, for Israelis, and that's okay if the people that occupy Israel are originally from Israel and they're going back to their homeland. Right. Okay. But the the unfortunate part of part of that problem is the Zionist uh, Israelis, okay, are not even from. They have no ancestry in that region. They're from Europe. They're yeah, they're not the Sephardic, they're the Ashkenazis. The Ashkenazics, they're, they're even... Or the Khazarians. The, Az- the uh, Khazarians, okay, which are from where our people are from, okay, yeah. in the Caucasus. But Jews are the Caucasus, all right? Yeah. So w- are they returning to their homeland? No, they, they just, they developed their homeland. Huh? Somebody who's uh, white as snow... His ancestries is is from the Middle East. That he's returning to his his ancestry. And then the fact that they don't even let the Ethiopian—I think we talked about that last yeah, time. Like, and and then they, the you know. Ethiopian Jews for a long time were not allowed to go back. Why? Because they were too far on the other side. Their 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 skin was too dark. Yep. It's okay. so very terrible. So and I mean, it's just a hypocrisy. Like it's crazy. The ones that are going back and taking into Israel, the people who would have survived the Holocaust, because those were the tall, strong, blonde hair, mostly blonde hair, blue-eyed Jewish people. Well, you know, I mean, and I, then they I, got to go back there, and now also just almost like they were still part of like that brainwashing of the Nazis. Like they're like, yeah, yeah well, now we can't like anybody who's brown, who's even if they're like us. Well, I mean, I, I heard some stuff, and I'm I'm not sure how how valid it is, but. At the time when uh, Hitler was doing his thing, and I'm not saying what he did was correct, um, but that was part of the Zionist project too, because the Zionists wanted to get rid of their poor. Oh yeah. They wanted to get rid of their sick. They wanted to get rid of their elderly. For okay. more information. And on then this. Himmler, uh, Hitler's number two guy, was setting up a government for them. And supplying them with everything they needed to start their their Zionist government, okay? So get rid of our sick and our needy and uh, our elderly so that we can start with a young population that's healthy. Yeah, that's actually from a book you can get online, even on Amazon. It's called, by Henry Ford, The International Jew, The World's Foremost Problem. That's an actual title. That's an actual book written by Henry Ford in the 1900s, early 1900s, uh, detailing the plan of how they were going to expand and take control over everything. Again, just theories, but something to look into. Something that's very interesting, I would think, right? 
Yeah. So, anything else you want to talk about? I want to wrap it up here. Uh, it's up to you. You want to? We'll save the bipartisan thing, and we could do the Jimmy Carter next week. You yeah, do that? that sounds good. All right, all right, guys, and yeah, if you guys have any uh, feedback you want to send, uh, especially anything you want me to read to my dad and forward to my dad, email it at pissedgolfpodcast at gmail dot com. P i s s e d g o f p o d c a s t at gmail dot com. Nice and easy for you. It's the name of the podcast with podcast after at your favorite place to get emails. Also, leave a five star review on uh, iTunes and I think that in Google if you're using that. Um, you know, share it with your friends, and uh, we'll be back uh, next time with some more. Uh, thank you, Baba, for joining me. Baba again is uh, thank Lou. Thank you, you listeners. Be safe. Uh, be happy. And uh, spend try, time with your family. To, try to make tomorrow better than today. Exactly. And spend time with your family, man. It, it always. It always makes my day better, I'll tell you that. All right, guys. And Yusuf, happy birthday. Thank you. All right, love you all. See you next time. Peace.